Hi there, and welcome to Totally His Running the Race, a show enabling young men and women who want to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Tim Harris, podcasting from EI School of Biblical Training in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for joining. This is episode 8 of 12, and today we'll be hearing from Colin Brazier. Mr. Brazier is the school director here at EI School of Biblical Training, and you've already heard from him. He, he shared back in the first episode when he talked about God being the uncreated one. In today's episode, we're going to be hearing about what strengthens us to live the Christian life. Living as a follower of Jesus is not always easy. At times it's hard. We get discouraged. We, we struggle. But you and I can be strengthened to live for the Lord. But where does that strength come from? Where do we get the power to run well the race that has been set before us? The word of God is clear about where that strength comes from. And Mr. Brazier is going to be sharing about that in this episode. So let's go ahead and pray over our time. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this opportunity to listen. I pray that you would speak to our hearts in the area of our need. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So welcome back to Running the Race Podcasts. And today, this is week eight, and we're going to be speaking about strengthen to run. My name is Colin Brazier, and appreciate you guys listening to our series, Running the Race, these Totally His Podcasts. As you know, the verses that we've been concentrating on have been Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I want to read those verses before we get going this morning. This will be a shorter session than we've normally done, um, mainly because there's just really one truth that I want to put before you today, and that is that we are strengthened to run the race, but where do we find that strength? And we'll look at that in a moment. So let's read Hebrews, if you have your Bible, Open it up to Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. These are great verses. I know they've been such a big encouragement to me early on in my Christian life, and I keep coming back to them as I learn to walk with the Lord. Verse 1, uh, verse 1 of chapter 12. Therefore, and again that speaks back to chapter 11, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, ones that have gone before us, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What great verses to have as a foundation for your life. As you know, these podcasts are revolved around the picture of running a race. The first week we spoke about the fact of who God is, that he is uncreated. In week two, just to remind you, Caleb shared with us in regards to who man is, that he was created with a purpose. And then weeks three and four, Mr. Nuremberg spoke about surrender and uh, laying your life down in order to follow the Lord, followed by 
the message on love and obedience. These are the motivation or the motivations of why we run this race. And then two weeks ago, you heard about the word and prayer from Mr. Harris. Just two wonderful subjects that continue to uh, feed our souls and strengthen us. And then last week, Mr. Garou spoke about discerning the will of God, knowing the will of God. So today, strengthen to run. This picture here that we find in chapter 12, verse 1, obviously the author is speaking about a race and that we are running it in light of those that have gone before us. And again, going back to that first verse, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, around us, about us, there are ones that, are, that can testify and can witness to the fact that God is a God who can be completely trusted. He is a God who strengthens them to run the race. And we have these witnesses, and there's a great cloud of them encouraging us onward. And because of that, the author says, let us also, like them, lay aside. And we begin to see a little bit of what these witnesses did. They laid aside every weight. And what that means simply is anything that would weigh you down. Imagine running a race. Um, and this is what we can think about today briefly. And I said, okay, run this race. And I want you to carry this brick with you or this block. Let's say a block because it's a lot heavier than just a brick. A concrete block. I want you to carry this. Sometimes at EI, at the Bible school, we um, we do some outdoor exercises, team life things, and we ask them to work in teams, and they have to carry certain things and go through the woods and so on. But imagine running a race, having to carry a concrete block. What the author is saying here is lay that aside, put it to the side. Many years ago, with Alexander the Great, they were they were moving through Asia, um, beating back anyone that got in their way, conquering small kingdom after small kingdom. And at one point, they were going so quickly, and they were getting so much of of the spoils of these cities that um, things were so easy in a way for the army of Alexander the Great, the great the the Greek emperor that they began to carry more and more of their spoils with them. And in fact, they got to one particular city, uh, one particular people group, and they got beaten back. They, they weren't able to um, defeat them very quickly. And Alexander the Great looked at that. What happened? Why were we not successful? And then he began to see that his soldiers were carrying so much loot with them, so much gold and silver and uh, valuables that they were looting from these other kingdoms that they were being slowed down. And that's the picture here, that we are told here to lay aside every weight. These aren't bad things. The, we're not talking about sin. We're talking about simply things that would weigh us down. Now, that's the first thing we have to do. If we want to be strengthened to run, we need to be able to put these uh, weights aside. Okay, so that's the first picture there. And you know, too, running a race... Uh, running shoes have gone through 
a lot of change over the years as they reduce the weight of a running shoe so that you're carrying less and um and so goes that that theory and that um work on running shoes to make them less heavy so that a runner over a a marathon uh doesn't carry as much weight as he would usually carry but secondly he says to us that we are also and the word and the sin which clings so closely Another version puts it this way, sin that entangles. And it's really important to realize, and I think we do, we know it, that we cannot have unconfessed sin in our life. That was one of the very first lessons that I was taught and uh, retaught and put before me, that I need to have clean hands and a pure heart. If I'm going to run the race that God has for me, if I'm going to live a life that glorifies God, I cannot have any unconfessed sin. It doesn't mean that I do not sin. We know that we do. We know that we're not perfect, and and we do struggle at times, and we stumble, um, and we get caught up. It entangles us at times, but we need to come quickly to God and to the Lord and ask Him to forgive us uh, for that daily sin. The picture there is similar to uh, in the Gospels where... um, Jesus would, where he washed the feet of the disciples, and they had picked up dirt. They were coming for the last meal, and they had picked up dirt on their feet through the day, and it was important for them to wash their feet before they would eat, and Jesus himself does that. And uh, Peter asks the Lord, oh, well, if you're going to wash my feet, wash my whole body, and, and the Lord said to him, no, your body is clean, the feet. It's this daily picking up of sin that we need to deal with. And and this is what the author has in mind here. The sin which clings so closely, that entangles us, that that slows us down, that trips us up. I think we've all experienced that um, before in running a race, things that would trip us up. That's the picture. And then the second and, or our third point, if you like, in verse 1, and... Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. In other words, the Lord has gone before us. He always is before us. He is a good shepherd, and he has set a race before us, but we are to run it with endurance. We are to run it, in other words, with perseverance. The King James uses the word patience, but that doesn't mean being patient. It means being one who would endure, continue to run, and keeping your eyes upon the Lord. We see in verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. So we press on in running this race. But if we're honest, and if I'm honest, there are times we get weary, don't we? We get tired. And um, at times we want to give up and we, we, we get tired of, of the everyday, the, uh, the walking with the Lord. Um, and we, we want to at times give up. We, we get perhaps overwhelmed by our failure. We don't live as we want to live. And uh, we feel condemnation perhaps or we feel uh, shame and 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 but we need to come to the lord in those moments and we need to confess our sin in fact 
when you run this race and you stumble and you fall, for example, you, you, you don't have the right motivation or you, you have a wrong attitude or you, you're, you're not, you, you sin, you're not kind to your brother or you get really angry about this or whatever. Um, it's, it's in the failure that we actually see our need. The Lord uses our failure to show us that we're not as strong as we think we are. It's when you fail that you see that you really have a need for the Lord to strengthen you to run this race. We, it's in our failure that we see that we cannot in our own strength run the race to glorify God. And that's important. It's an important aspect to go through. Uh, it may be a one-time event where, you be, where, where, as it were, the lights come on in your mind and you realize, I cannot live this Christian life. I just can't keep doing this. I remember specifically, I'd been a believer for four and a half years because I know I was in Norway at the time on the mission field. And I remember walking uh, in one afternoon, I was walking downtown. I was in the city of Oslo um, and I walked, was walking and I realized that I can, I was frustrated about something. And I just said to the Lord, I, I can't do this. I can't live how you want me to live. And, and, and I, I just, I was just frustrated about everything. And it was at that moment that I realized the light bulb, as it were, came on. I realized that I cannot live the Christian life in my own strength. And the Lord said, good, you're finally getting it that you cannot live this life. I have to strengthen you. I have to live this life through you as it were. And that's very, very important. Let's, before we go on, read a couple of verses. Turn back with me in the Bible to Ephesians, the letter that Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. And let's just read a couple of verses, page back in your Bible. Go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. He says this, um, as he's praying for them, he's praying for the believers in Ephesus, chapter 3, verse 16 um, he says this, according to the riches of his glory, he, that is the Lord, may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Again, t- take some time if you can just to reread that verse. But he grants you the strength with power through his spirit. In your inner being or in your inner man, he gives you the power. He gives you the strength. If you page on to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, a similar verse tells us that finally, as he comes to the end of the letter, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We have to realize if we are to run this race, the Christian life is run not with our own Energy, not with our own strength, but the strength that the Lord gives by the Spirit of God. And that's very, very important. And failure, when you fail, it shows you once again your need of God. And that's really, really important. So firstly, we see our failure. Secondly, through that failure, hopefully we see our need and we cry out to the Lord. And the Lord is never, ever slow to answer. And we see that in the Lord our strength and it's a wonderful picture for us to consider now there are days when you and i um we understand this perhaps we we understand that we cannot live the christian life in our own strength and and we look to the lord but sometimes we forget that don't we 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 
we get caught back up again or we look behind us and we, we look at our list of failures and we think, oh, well, how many times? But let me tell you, I've, I've known the Lord now. It's hard for me to um, believe this, but I've, I've known the Lord now for 34 years. And the testimonies that I've heard from older people, and I can give you my own testimony, is that you have to continue to learn to look to the Lord every day. The Christian life is lived really, as it were, one day at a time. Walking or running step by step, love and or faith and obedience. Faith and obedience are the two feet that the Christian walks on. Obedience could be also translated loving obedience, if you like, to think of it that way. Of course, we we obey the Lord because we love the Lord. But it's easy for us to look behind us, right, and, and to become discouraged and, and want to give up. But the Lord wants us to look up and away to the Lord Jesus Christ, as we saw in our key verses. Once again, chapter 12, verse 2 tells us, Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus is what we need to make sure that we do. It's his life through me. Not my life renovated or reformed or improved, but it's a new life in Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God gives us the strength to run that race. I'm sure many of you have run races and uh, whatever it may be, cross country, a 5K, half marathon, marathon, whatever you've run. But you realize there's a point in time when you... You just don't have the strength to keep going, but somehow you've got to keep going. And we find that strength in the Lord, and that's very, very important. Years ago, there was a a famous event at the 1968 Olympic Games in Mexico City. It was hot. Um, These Olympics took place uh, in in the summer in Mexico City, so you can just imagine. There was a particular man... A Kawara, who, who was a runner from Tanzania, and uh, he came to run in the marathon. And uh, again, he was a decent runner. He probably wasn't going to finish in the top three and thus get a, a medal, but he was a decent runner. Um, and he set off to run the race, that marathon, that um, overseas we, we run 42 kilometers, uh, and here is 26 miles. So he's running the marathon, and at some point he tripped, and he fell down, and uh, he, he was somewhat toward the back of the, of the elite pack. Now, again, when you see a marathon like the Boston Marathon, that's, you know, with thousands of people running, that's not the Olympic marathon. When they do the Olympics, you're probably looking at 50 runners max um, who make it to, to that. So, you know, being at the back of 50 runners is still kind of good. But he was he was somewhere around 35th, 36th, somewhere around there. Anyway, he fell over. He tripped, and he fell down pretty hard, grazing his knees and, and falling onto his arms. And, and he was just devastated. He was about halfway through the, the marathon. And Akawana from Tanzania slowly got back up, brushed off uh, the gravel on his knees and his arms, and he was just devastated. All the other runners ran past him. Someone came up to him, gave him water. Uh, he cleaned himself off. And, and, and he was determined to, to run the race, to finish the race. 
and he got going again, and every step was agony, and he fell further and further and further back from the pack. Now he wasn't 35th, he was now 50th or so, but Akawana kept running. The race finished, uh, the marshals that were on the course were wanting to close things up, but they were told there's still one more runner, and they waited and eventually he would come past that water table and he kept going very slowly. He, he was running, but it was very slow run. Finally, he got to the stadium about an hour after the last runner and he ran around, slowly ran around the, the stadium track and uh, people were watching other events that were going on in the track and field at the Olympics. But they noticed him and they, they stopped some of the other races they were doing and he he ran around the whole course and finally finished over the line and they came and asked him why did you keep running you couldn't fin you know you couldn't finish in the top three the top ten why did you keep going and he simply said this and this is a great attitude for you and I to have he simply said this my country it did not send me to start the race they sent me to finish the race and that's a wonderful attitude the Lord doesn't call us just to start the race. He calls us to run well until the end and finish the race, giving glory to God. But you need strength to do that. You need energy. And that comes from the Spirit of God. When you have clean hands and a pure heart and you ask the Lord to fill you with the Spirit of God, as the Word of God says, He will fill you and He will strengthen you. And He wants you, He wants me to rely on Him, to trust Him, that His life would be my strength and my joy, that it would be working through me. Now, that was our main point. It's simplistic and, and it's much more... I could take time to describe to you, but if you come away from this session thinking the theme was strengthen to run, my strength is in the Lord alone. He is the one that must be my strength to run this race. Then we would have achieved our goal. I'm going to give you one last illustration and then we'll close. Back in 1954, so I'm taking you further back. A lot of good ha things happened, uh, you know, back in the 50s and 60s. Um... I know that seems probably millions of years ago to you guys, but anyway, May 6, 1954, Roger Bannister was the first man, he was a British man, to run the four-minute mile, and he, sh he broke the record. I think his time was like three minutes, 59.45 seconds or whatever it was, but he just broke the four-minute mile barrier, and it was incredible. Everyone was was uh, um, celebrating around the world. Someone finally broke the four-minute mile barrier. People had tried for years. Uh, he had paces and stuff like that to help him, but he finally broke it. About two months later, another man, John Landry, also broke the four-minute mile uh, record, and he actually beat Roger Bannister's time um, you know, by maybe half a second or whatever. But these were the two main men who were the, the sub-four-minute mile runners of, of the early 50s, uh, Roger Bannister and John Landry. And finally, they got them together in a match, in a basically a duel for the four-minute mile record. And on August the 7th, 1957, they met in this historic race. And John Landry was kind of the favorite because he was a little bit younger and, uh, you, know, they're, they're, you know, if you would say that, 
he probably would win. Uh, most people were thinking that he would win. Anyway, the race goes on. They get to the last lap. The bell goes. You know how that is. Ding, 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 ding. And they're going. And John Landry has a slight lead over Roger Bannister. He's not that, you know, he's, he's right there with him. But, but John Landry definitely looks fresher. And, and they keep running. And they're coming to this last lap. And John Landry just didn't know where Roger Bannister was. And they come down the straight. And he couldn't help himself. He thought that maybe he couldn't hear him. He was so focused. And John Landry, with about maybe, I don't know, 15 yards to go, turns his head to look. And as he does so, he Roger Bannister is right on his shoulder and goes straight past him. And in the last 15 yards, Roger Bannister wins this historic race. And John Landry lost it because he turned back. He looked back. And that's a good picture for us in the Christian life that we should not look back. Don't yes you 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 fail. Yes you sin, but don't look back. Look up to the Lord Jesus Christ. Make sure you have clean hands and a pure heart. Confess your sin. He is faithful and just. But know that the Lord is your strength. He is your song. And he will meet you in every way. And as we say here at EI, Jesus Christ has to be three things to you every day. Every day. Not just when you, um, are, uh, when you first get saved or when you're feeling good. But every day, Jesus Christ has to be three things to you and to me. Every day, he has to be my satisfaction. He has to satisfy my heart. He has to be my security. He has to be the one that guards me and, and goes before me and protects me. And he must be my sufficiency, my strength, my, my energy, my, my daily power to live the Christian life. Oh, what a great life it is. To run looking unto Jesus, knowing that the Lord strengthens us in every way. Well, thank you for listening. And again, I hope that you're encouraged to look unto the Lord and to ask him, just simply ask him, Lord, please strengthen me today. Please empower me today because I don't have what it takes to run this race every day. Please strengthen me. Live your life through me for your glory and honor. Thank you for listening. Trust that you'll have a good week and know that we are praying for all of you guys that are listening to this and pray that you would be encouraged and strengthened. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Totally His Running the Race. I trust you are encouraged as you seek to grow in your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to listen to more messages that will be an encouragement in your walk with the Lord, go to the school's website, www.eibibleschool.org, and click on the Resources tab that's at the top of the page, and then you can select the audio library in the drop-down. Training students to develop a passionate relationship with Jesus Christ that expresses itself in a life devoted to the advancement of God's kingdom is why EI School of Biblical Training exists. We offer a two-year unaccredited associate's degree where students attend classes, hear the Word of God taught, study the Word, and are encouraged to develop their relationship with the Lord. Our classes are designed to be both intellectually challenging and heart-searching. Some stay on for a third year and work towards getting a bachelor's degree. If you'd like to find out more about the school, visit our website, www.eibibleschool.org, 
Again, that's www.eibibleschool.org.